welcome back to Bad Movie Sunday. I'm Ashley. I'm Amy. And if you are new here, we are a podcast that watches bad movies so you don't have to. We roast them. We toast them. And we're going to have so much fun, my dude. Today's movie, if you read the title, is Love Wedding Repeat, which is a kind of new-ish Netflix movie. It's one of those Groundhog Day type movies. Uh, Ashley and I both love these, like, repeating the same day kind of things. It's going to be good. And Ashley, you watched this before... Uh, before we had to watch it for the podcast, right? Did you notice anything different the second time around? Did you like it better? Yeah, okay. So I recommended this movie because I watched it uh, initially, I don't know, a couple weeks before, um, and I really liked it. It was like a really cute, uh, oh, yeah, spoilers for how I feel about it, I guess. It was like a cute little rom There were things that, you know... We'll touch upon. We do have a, a couple roasts for you, as we say in basically every every episode. This is our toasting season, season two, baby. So we're trying to be a little bit more optimistic about the movies that we talk about. So I chose a movie that was critically rated low, but I kind of liked. Although, Amy, you mentioned that this is a, a Groundhog Day type movie. I thought was kind of appropriate because... <laughs> I keep saying to myself that uh, we've been in quarantine now. I genuinely don't know how long. Literally, like, five or six months or something. Like, an obscene amount of time, my dude. I feel like Rapunzel stuck stuck in a tower forever. But, uh, I mean, I have been saying to basically everyone that will listen, because I keep reusing (laughs) my same jokes over and over, that if I was stuck in a Groundhog Day situation... I don't think I would notice until like weeks in if I was repeating, if I was repeating the same day over and over. Because I do the same thing every day. Oh my god, that's a good point. Honestly, uh, in Groundhog Day, he's like out there learning how to p- play instruments. He's learning like new languages. I'd just be, you know, sitting at home, uh, scrolling through Instagram all day, just like what I do every day nowadays. Also, speaking of learning new instruments, being stuck at home in quarantine. I gotta put this out there. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, just in case our our lovely audience happens to hear uh, some piano music in the background, it's because we're all stuck at home, and I, unfortunately, live in an apartment between my upstairs piano player neighbor and my downstairs saxophone boy neighbor, and it's um pretty rough out here. <laughs> so just a warning yeah, if you hear anything. So sorry about that. Amy, you just mentioned uh just before we started this podcast that there's someone also learning to dance above you. Like we are all for learning new skills in quarantine. Literally, that's uh, what uh what's uh, what's his fucking name from? Dude, I just blanked on it. The dude from Forrest Gump. Tom Hanks. I was thinking Tom Cruise for a sec, and I'm like, that's, that is not his name. That's literally all that uh, Tom Hanks did, besides try to, you know, get with that lady, was, you know, learn new skills when he knew that he was... Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're all for learning new skills. Ashley, I gotta ask, who, who, uh, what actor do you think was in, in, in Groundhog Day? What are you talking about? 
It's Tom Hanks, right? <laughs> Am I stupid? <laughs> was it not? Was it not Sunway? This wasn't supposed to happen this episode. No. No, Amy. No, don't tell me this. <laughs> it was not, in fact, Tom We're going in a circle. Hi, I'm Amy. I'm a uh, whatever. Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm face blind. I cannot tell any people apart. Also, this is not a goof. <laughs> this was not planned. Um, I what? Uh, hi, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I wasn't <laughs> Tom Hanks. Was it I'm, Bill Murray? I'm so sorry. It was Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray. What? <laughs> Okay, let me... I'm such a dipshit. <laughs> okay, um, Bill Murray was the one in Ghostbusters, yes? That one's right. Yes, Bill Murray was the one in Ghostbusters. He was in, I don't know, Scrooged. Uh, Tom Hanks is... Yes, he's Forrest Gump. Tom Hanks was in Castaway. <laughs> Tom Hanks was Which big guy which one okay then tom hanks was the guy in sleepless in seattle right yes yes okay now i have to go through every movie i've ever watched and make sure that it's the right actor wow did not expect that for today that was just a little a little treat for me i love i loved little surprises like this when, when you're in a, in a friendship for so many years, like uh, like a relationship or anything like that, you love to just surprise the other person <laughs> with, with <laughs> things that will make them happy. And this, <laughs> I feel bad for saying it makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I could help you. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, we were talking before we started this podcast about how we want to add more goofs into our episodes. You know, we, we do a, a, a fair mix, I think, of kind of critically analyzing these movies and then goofing on them. And we were like, we should include more more goofs, be a little bit funnier, more spontaneous. Um, I was not expecting for this to happen so soon. <laughs> no, neither did I, um, especially because we record these episodes out of order and so the episode I was recording, I was um, editing last night was our... Uh, no, I was listening to the Mummy episode that you edited, and twice in that episode, <laughs> you mistook someone for someone, and it, it it just, it brings me so much joy to be able to correct you. <laughs> oh, I'm, it brings me joy that it brings you joy, <laughs> because uh, to, to me, it's just very confusing walking the streets and not knowing <laughs> if I've seen someone before. It is very unfortunate, but it's also, it, it, it brings this element of um, surprise when we're talking about movies, because sometimes we'll just be talking about two completely different things, 
it's like a little puzzle, you know, trying to figure out who you thought that this actor was. Oh, we love a real life clue. <laughs> we wanted to be a detective. Well, you're the detective. But <laughs> uh, yeah, just a little bit of spontaneity, you know, a little bit of little bit of games. What were we talking about before? Oh, right. Okay. The the neighbor on top of me. I feel like I've talked before by now about the little asshole boy who lives under me who plays saxophone, tries to be Kenny G all the time. That's old news. Today we've got the piano lady upstairs, who I think, you know, before Corona time was like a piano teacher. And now she just plays, you know, very loudly to herself and to her... A six or eight year old child who loves to just dance to the piano music while I'm doing this podcast. They just love to make music and dance all for that, except when they're like clobbering right on top of my ceiling, which is not very fun. Wow, no, not, not, not very fun at all. <laughs> I mean, I. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you can do about that, man. I mean, we've tried uh, yelling at him. We've tried, you know, uh, negotiating with him. Uh, we've held hostages. We've, you know, uh, all the situations. <laughs> Nothing has worked so far. <laughs> I think the the next course of action is to bring out the pots and pans. You remember that that vine where that lady's banging oh, together yes, her pots yes. and pans? She's like. If I can't get no sleep because of you, you ain't going to get no sleep because of me. I think that's our next logical course of action. Oh, absolutely. If that doesn't work, we got to pull a uh, full Ocean's uh, Eleven heist. Uh, just sort of scale <laughs> down one floor on the outside of your building. Sneak in at night. Steal the saxophone. <gasps> He'll never know. See, this is what we need this whole Groundhog Day situation for. Which, by the way, whenever there's a Groundhog Day movie, they always start the repeat of the day at, like, 8 in the morning. Like, nah, son, I gotta get that repeat at, at 12 o'clock midnight so I can start my day early, so I can scale up and take their piano apart piece by piece and throw it out the window, so I can scale down to the lower floor to take their saxophone and just, like, chuck it in the trash, like... I don't want to wake up to the to the noise of the piano, saxophone, whole ass orchestra in my building. I want to be able to sleep in, so I got to do that early. I got to go 12 sharp. We got to steal those instruments. We got to throw them in the trash. And then the rest of the day, I can, you know, learn some new languages and such. <laughs> yeah, you know, dude, you bring up a good point, right? These uh, Groundhog Day situations always start around 8, 9 a.m. whenever, you know, morning people get up. But here's the thing. I think you and I, we're very similar people. <laughs> we are both, I believe, more Nighthawk people. I mean, I've been waking up around, like, uh, 3 p.m., 3, 3.30 p.m. lately. So, I mean, okay, I mentioned before, if I was stuck in a time loop, I wouldn't know until, like, maybe two, three weeks in, I'd be like, oh, shit, this seems kind of similar. But if I was stuck in a Groundhog Day situation and I woke up at 4 p.m., I would be so mad. I'd, I'd be like, god, god dang it, I wasted my day. Because I wake up at 4 p.m., I do what? I have lunch, I do a little bit of work, I have like four hours in my day. <laughs> and that's all, 
if I figured out I was in a groundhog situation, and on that day where I happened to be stuck in the time loop, I woke up at 4 p.m., I would be so pissed, my dude. You gotta have a Groundhog Day situation where you are, like, pulling in all... That's the the prime Groundhog Day day, right? Is you're pulling an all-nighter for something. You just can't sleep that night, so you're up at exactly 12 a.m. And then you got the whole day to do whatever you want. Yeah, that's so true. It's like, uh, four... Almost five o'clock right now when we're recording this probably would not be awake if we didn't have to (laughs) record this episode. But yeah, the thing about Groundhog Day is that when you get up at like eight or nine in the morning, you have the whole day to observe the people around you and slowly start to realize that what they're doing is what they were doing yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. But when you wake up at the time that we do and only have time for like lunch and dinner and then being by yourself in your room for a couple hours before you go to sleep at two in the morning, like not a lot is there for you to observe. Cause like the nighttime time, pretty much the same. Like there's no people. And also it's like Corona time, nothing outside to observe. That would be different. It's just, it feels, it does kind of feel like a time loop uh, already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing I, <laughs> the only that I think would give like any sort of a hint because I wake up basically same time every day do the same thing every day but like the only hint I think I would get would I would like open my fridge and at like 5 p.m and be like oh I I thought I finished that bread yesterday uh oh well <laughs> and then and then eat it again and then the next day happens wake up at 4 30 and I'm like oh shit I thought I finished the bread and then it keeps repeating but also I'm dumb as hell so i would just assume that someone bought more bread or i there was just more left like i genuinely (laughs) would not notice (laughs) yeah me too honestly and like what are we gonna do turn on the tv and and watch the news and they're like "Mm, corona cases have increased to a new a new high today and i'm like okay they're doing that every day anyway like what am i gonna notice that's new here (laughs) yeah true also I mean, I feel like in, in Groundhog Day, in, uh, I don't know, there's a, there's an episode of Supernatural that they, they do it in. They always have, like, a very specific alarm for, like, Tuesdays. Or their alarm clock is, like, it's Tuesday. <laughs> like, out loud or something. The only reason I know what day it is today is because uh, we said we were going to record an episode today. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I don't pay... You can't... Like, in this, in this quarantine life... I don't know if it's Monday night or Sunday morning. I got my blinds closed all the time, like a fucking vampire, uh, in my, (laughs) what I call my cave, which is just my dark room, waking up at noon, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Both of us are, are, you know, office school. We don't have uh, structured jobs. So we're just, we're just living life the way our bodies want us to live life, getting up whenever they feel the time is right. <laughs> oh yeah, living life, baby, living life free, just, just going with the wind. <laughs> That's a, you know, so uh, I feel like a Groundhog Day based around our lives. If we were both stuck in a time loop right now, right? Today is the day that we'd, oh, today is the day that we would have to repeat again. Dude, we could perfect this episode. We could just make it like the peak of comedy mixed with pr- profound realizations <laughs> about about this uh 
this year movie. But otherwise, if it was like any other day, I don't know. What would you do? Oh, dude, I don't know. Uh, I was I was just going to say that it kind of does feel like Groundhog Day today, not just because of everything we've been saying, but we tried to record this episode before. I think this is the first episode that we've ever re-recorded like by choice like before we've we've had episodes that you know there there have been uh, technical problems technical things gone wrong but this is like the first episode where we listened and we decided mm, I don't really like that <laughs> and 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 we're we're choosing to do it again um I feel though that if we had today as our our Groundhog Day and we did this episode like you know a thousand times we just get sick of this movie or, <laughs> or each other or something. I don't know, something bad, you know? Yeah, dude. I feel, you know, the weird thing is, like, Groundhog Day movies, I feel like our movies, I mean, not this one in particular, because we'll talk about later, but this movie isn't, like, super heavy on the Groundhog-ness. But, like, Groundhog Day movies in general, like Groundhog Day or uh, Edge of Tomorrow is a great one. I don't know, those movies, I feel like I could watch, like, over and over again. For se- Even though it's, like, the same six hours repeating over and over again for the entire duration of the movie. For some reason, they're, like, the most enjoyable ones to watch. Yeah, dude, I don't know. Those are those are good. And uh, Edge of Tomorrow does have Tom Cruise in it, in, in, case, you <laughs> in case you needed to know. Oh, oh yes, thank you. Maybe I was confused. <laughs> Maybe I was confusing. Uh, Groundhog Day star film. Hoping that one is correct. Uh, with I think I'm just gonna for now. Here's my plan going forward. I'm just gonna not think about it. I'm just going to talk about whoever I think it is. And if I'm wrong, I'll get corrected. And I'm just going to have to live with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the the only reason that I correct you other than my pure enjoyment uh, that comes from it is so that the audience doesn't get confused and think, oh, my God, is there like a Tom Cruise version of, uh, of Groundhog Day, the esteemed uh, 1980s movie Groundhog Day that is actually starring Bill Murray? <laughs> You know what? I was gonna, I like for a split second, I was gonna make a goof and be like, oh yeah, there's like a, a, a new remake of, of Groundhog Day, but it's a Tom Cruise version now. So it's like all action and sci-fi and stuff. And I realized that's literally Edge of Tomorrow and it exists. <laughs> Ashley and I talk about this a lot, especially recently. But we, sometimes, we just make up movies until we realize that they actually exist. They're actually real movies. We're like, oh my god, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be, like, such a good movie if we made that? And then we realize, oh, that's a movie that exists already. <laughs> Today's movie, though, as we, as we kind of said, uh, Love, Wedding, Repeat. It's kind of a, a, a mix of wedding romance movie and a little bit of Groundhog Day. It's less Groundhog Day than I was expecting, though. Yeah, I thought, because, you know, we're we're used to movies like Edge of Tomorrow and the actual Groundhog Day movie, which, you know, shows the day happen a hundred times or what have you. Uh, this only shows it twice, which was a little unexpected, a little surprising. Uh, it took me a while to get used to the idea, uh, because the first, the first run-through of the day that we see takes, like, an hour of the movie, maybe an hour and a half, and then the second one is like a lot shorter, 
and we only see snippets of what the other days could have been, which, you know, we'll, we'll go over that later. Um, but yeah, I thought it was going to be more Groundhog Day. Um, so if you're coming into this movie, you're thinking, oh my God, I love Groundhog Day style movies. You got to prepare yourself first. You got to say, there's only going to be two and you got to be okay with that. <laughs> um, so if you haven't heard of Love Wedding Repeat, I have a little summary here from IMDb. Alternate versions of the same wedding unfold as Jack tries to make sure his little sister has the perfect wedding day. To go along with that, we have a drinking game that will go over a specialty shot that you can make to, to drink along to. And we also have some points for a little drinking game in case you want to uh, pause this episode right now, go and watch the movie, and then come back if you don't want to get those spoilers. Or if you're not really sure about the movie or don't plan on watching it, then we'll try to say when these things happen so you can drink along to our podcast. So our drink today is called the I Do because it's centered around a wedding. The drink is from Brides.com. They have an article of 42 signature cocktails for weddings or something like that, uh, summer weddings. And the I Do, oh my God, I've read, as we said, we recorded this episode once before, and I remember just not being able to pronounce the ingredients in this. But uh, today, today, instead of uh, admitting defeat, I am going to read this ingredient list like I know what I'm talking about. So what you need for the I do is two and a half ounces of beeswax Dewar's 12, three quarters of an ounce St. Germain French elderflower liqueur, two dashes of Angostura bitters, an orange twist, and nasturtium flowers for garnish. So it's really simple. All you do is combine all the ingredients in a rocks glass with a single jumbo ice cube. Uh, you garnish with an orange twist and nasturtium flowers for a pop of color. And if you didn't understand a single word I said there, I don't blame you, and you can uh, find that recipe again on brides.com. You know what? I think you did a really good job with pronouncing those. But 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 here's the thing, right? If you pronounce something with enough confidence in what you're saying, if someone like dares correct, because if you say something with enough confidence, people will be like, oh my god, they know what they're saying. But if someone does correct you and they're like, it's liqueur, you can be like, no, I'm sorry, that's the Canadian pronunciation. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, we are Canadians, so. Whatever I said, that that's just trust. That's how you pronounce it. Yeah. You know how, like, Americans say process and we say process, just like little things? Dude, we can play that off with any damn word. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, beeswax, dewars, that's how we say it here. Uh, germane, elderflower, uh, that's how we say it. Angostura, that's, that's exactly. Uh, I got some at the farmer's market. That's how we say it. It's all very good. So... We have some points for our drinking game. We're just going to go back and forth, and uh, you can drink along to the podcast, to the movie. We'll try to, again, yell out drink whenever these things happen. So my first point is whenever someone mentions Chaz's purple suit, Chaz is one of the characters in the movie, a lot of people love to make fun of him. Okay, okay. Uh, similarly, just to give you a little bit of an idea of what this movie is like, um, every time Chaz, that same character, talks about his own dick. <laughs> <laughs> I 
happens a lot. That one you're going to have to really uh, prepare a couple of drinks in advance for. The next one I have is whenever someone looks in a mirror and gives themselves like a little pep talk, a little motivational, you're the man kind of uh, a talk to themselves. Oh, that's very good. Okay, I have every time Jack, who's the main character, gets cock-blocked. Ooh, very good. My last one is every time there's a kiss. Oh, okay. Gotta have that one. <laughs> I got I got two more for you. I have every time Mark, who uh, we'll get into who, who the characters are, but he's basically this kind of crazy guy. Duff Coke. <laughs> um, and my last one is every time someone mentions Sydney and other characters kilt, uh, including if he mentions his own kilt that he is wearing. <laughs> Ooh, very good. Ooh, can I add uh, one last one? Every time Sydney just like adjusts himself in that kilt or talks about, you know, how how itchy he is. Oh, yeah, gotta. Okay, uh, some of these happen a little much. So you can choose from the list, choose your favorites, or if you're just, you know, <laughs> want to go wild. In the meantime, though, we're gonna go through the movie, break it down scene by scene. Uh, so if you want to watch the movie and not get any spoilers, you could uh, watch it yourself. Come listen to our thoughts. Otherwise. You know, there's not much to spoil for it. Uh, so, as we mentioned, this is a kind of Groundhog Day-ish wedding movie. So we first meet our main character, who is Jack, played by Sam Claflin from uh, Hunger Games fame. I don't know what else he was in. <laughs> Can I just cut in for a second? If, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, unsure of whether or not you want to watch this movie, and we mentioned the name Sam Claflin, and you're like, oh, my God. I love him. Where's Finnick? Oh, dare he is. Then, <laughs> then <laughs> I have to say, right before you jump into the movie, that um, they did him pretty dirty in this movie. They they just his hair in this it's not the Sam Claflin hair that we've come to know and love. It's pretty bad. It's a pretty bad. It's like a six dollar supercuts haircut. And they didn't have enough time, so they're like, chop, chop, all right, who's next? It's just, it's not, I'm so sorry, Sam Claflin. It's just, I can't, I can't in good conscience let our audience not know about the uh, the audacity that they had to style his hair that way. Oh, yeah, uh, very good point. You know, I feel like the, I feel like the female characters in this movie and the male characters had very, had completely different stylists because the girls look so hot in this movie. Their hair is perfectly styled. Beautiful uh, dresses. Um, it takes place in like an Italian villa. So everything is super sort of ornate and, and gorgeous. And then the, I feel like the guys, I, I don't know if every high school does this. But um, our high school, at least, had a hairstyling class. And I feel like whoever was the stylist of the girls in this movie was like, oh, yeah, sorry, I got to I got to catch a plane. I can't do the guys styling, but I'll leave you with my 14 year old niece who is taking high, uh, high school hairstyling. And, you know, she just takes some scissors and goes wild. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, their hair was not really on par with the ladies in this movie. Um, I feel so bad for them because, you know, I mean, if I was an actor, right, and I'm on set in this gorgeous Italian villa, 
all I'm going to be doing between takes is taking pictures all day. But then who am I going to share these pictures with when my hair's looking ratchet? <laughs> yeah, dude, this is a wedding. This is like the time where uh, you're going to have the most pictures of you shown. Yeah, but thank God the actual couple <laughs> whose wedding it is, they look pretty good in this movie. Yeah, so the main character is Jack, Sam Claflin, <laughs> done dirty with hay- with his haircut, man. And his sister is the one getting married. Before we get to the actual wedding, which is where the majority of the movie takes place, we get a little bit of backstory on him where basically uh, the last time, because the, the wedding takes place in a beautiful Italian villa in Rome. It's like a destination wedding. And the last time that Sam Claflin was in Rome, he met this pretty girl that he kind of fell for after a magical night together. But he got cock-blocked at the last second before he was, like, going to kiss her goodbye. His old college roommate just happened to be in the same place in Italy as him. And he was like, hey, man, we should uh, take a cab back together right now. And he never got to see that girl again until we cut to years later at this wedding. Yeah, we've got um, Jack is back for the wedding. Dina, the girl that uh, he had a thing for all those years ago, she's at the wedding. She's also American, by the way. Not really important. They just mention it a lot because <laughs> they're all uh, British or Italian. Uh, Jack and his family are British. And then the guy who his sister is marrying is Italian. There's also this whole weird thing where his sister has like the English table, like for all of her guests, which is one table with eight people. And then her husband has like the rest of the ballroom is his side of the family. And there's like famous filmmakers and like all these like big important people. And she's like, yeah, I've got the English table. Like take a seat boys. And like, (laughs) I just find it so funny. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, to me, to, it is pretty, I mean, the central kind of conflict in this movie revolves around this uh, English table, which is where the bride sort of sticks all the all of her guests at, which there's like, maybe six to eight or so in total, like, not many people, to be fair, though. I mean, I haven't really thought about my future wedding ever, but I have a feeling that I would be about the same for me. <laughs> I have, like, four people there. <laughs> I saw this tweet or something that was, like, whoever my future husband is, they're going to have to, like, pair up their their groomsmen together when they're, like, everyone's coming down the aisle. Because, like, <laughs> literally, I got two friends. We don't have enough people to go around. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, girl, we're going to have to do, like, uh, costume changes in the middle where I introduce, you know, one friend comes in. I'm like, oh, hey, fucking Becky. <laughs> Becky comes into the wedding. And then I'm like, okay, steak, turn it around. Becky goes, changes into a different outfit, puts on a wig. I'm like, oh, shit, my second friend arrived. <laughs> <laughs> All night, Becky slash whatever her other name is has to go around, like, taking off her wig and putting on a new dress and, like, <laughs> Wait, a lot of shenanigans, a lot of potential shenanigans. This could make a good movie. I really hope this is already a movie that we are just re-coming uh, up with. Because of, as we mentioned, that happens a lot with our ideas. Like We always think, oh my god, this is genius. And then it turns out uh, that was Ocean's Eleven all along. But uh, that actually, 
the shenanigans that could come out of that, right? I invite like three friends to my wedding because that's literally all I have. And they just have to, in order to convince people that I invited more, they're just going to have to keep changing into different outfits, changing names, keeping up with the, the stories, the backstories that they created for each character. They each have to eat like a full helping of dinner and they're all super full by the end because they've each had like seven dinners. Oh my god, wait a second, do you remember that part from Mrs. Doubtfire, where he's in the restaurant and he's talking to someone as himself, and then he has to like go in the bathroom and like change into his Mrs. Doubtfire thing and then come out and be Mrs. Doubtfire, and he's like, oh, sorry kids, I have diarrhea, I gotta go to the bathroom, and then he goes to the bathroom and he like changes it. <laughs> That's what it's gonna be, <laughs> except everyone has like five alter egos and they gotta keep track of, you know, accents, wigs, uh, costume changes, and then... You know, Teresa's hair gets caught with Mary's dress. What's going on here? Teresa has to be like, oh, yeah, just uh, had some fun in the bathroom. That's why this is like that. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> She'll uh, come out of the bathroom with uh, her hair now blonde instead of black. And she would like, oh, yeah, um, just a spontaneous uh, bleach job. I thought I need a little bit of a, a touch up. Um, also, we didn't just create Mrs. Doubtfire again, did we? This is a different... We can call this our own thing. This is the elevated Mrs. Doubtfire. Because Mrs. Doubtfire was only... By the way, he was Robin Williams in case... Just in case... It was Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire. And that's it. know that. <laughs> but in oh, ours, it's more than one person switching in and out of costumes. It's like... If everyone in the movie Mrs. Doubtfire had an alter ego. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh, Mrs. Doubtfire to doubt to fire. Oh, my God. Wait, it's like, wait, to... oh, girl, hang on. OK, it's like Ocean's style, right? They got Ocean's 11 is 11 people and Ocean's 12. They got 12 people. We got a new one. Ocean's uh, 8 was eight people. Every time we get we, we add a new person to our crew where we keep getting invited places and not having any friends. So we keep having to uh, and they keep getting fancier. First one, it's like, oh, you can bring a plus one to my birthday party. And we're like, oh, shit, I don't have a plus one. So we got to like dress up as our own date and just keep switching in and out of the room. Second one, it's like, oh, uh, I'm having a, a bachelor party because I'm getting, and we're like, oh, you can invite, you know, a couple friends. I'm like, oh, I have a couple friends. So you got to pretend to be like three different people, right? And it just keeps getting more. And then eventually you get to the wedding and you're supposed to bring 20 people and you got to keep track of all your different personalities. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, honestly, that's what I would do is I would tell every guest, all my five guests at my wedding to bring 20 people. So it looks like in all the pictures that I have friends. <laughs> Wait, that, wait, that's a good idea. <laughs> you know that movie? The, the Apparently, we haven't reviewed it, but it's like a really bad Noah Centineo movie where he like pretends to be people's dates or whatever. Like he has like a, a pimp service for himself where he's like, yeah, I'll pretend to be your boyfriend. We need like a, a friend service, right? Where you can just have, you can just hire people to pretend to be your friends that are friends. <laughs> <laughs> wait a second, wait a second. Craigslist, right? Wow, we love creating movies that already exist and also apparently websites. <laughs> hey, you know what would be sick? If you could send electronic mail to people. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Craigslist, but for friends. Friends list. 
Oh, friends list. Hmm. I mean, this is not bad. <laughs> we'll workshop it. But I think uh, TMTM coming to you next season of Shark Tank. <laughs> so this movie, we get introduced to our main crew, which besides Jack, who's our main character, and his sister, Haley, who's the one getting married. Uh, we also said the girl from a couple years ago in Italy, Dina. We meet Brian, who is the man of honor, who's kind of like this sporadic guy. Um, he goes to get a, a haircut like an hour before the wedding because there's this super famous Italian film person that he wants to impress. And throughout the movie, he keeps trying to make impressions on him that don't always go the way he wants. We're also introduced to Jack's ex-girlfriend and her new beau, who's the guy we were talking about in the drinking game. And they are kind of, uh, they, they, bicker, they bicker a lot. Doesn't seem like, you know, they really are that into each other. He's a lot more into her than she is into him. Uh, there's a whole lot of character drama in this movie. So you got to keep track of all these characters. And then my favorite character in possibly the whole movie, maybe in life, is Rebecca, who, oh my god, she's got the best lines. She, if any of you have seen Living With Yourself, the the, the show that stars Paul Rudd and co-star Paul Rudd, <laughs> she's the, the female lead in that. So I think that's the only thing I've seen her in. But she's so funny. I can't believe she's not in more stuff. She's got this fantastic line when we first meet her <laughs> that I just got to share with y'all because it's so good. Uh, she's talking with a bunch of the Italian guests about Italian. And we just kind of meet her mid-sentence, and she's like, you know, I thought penne was Italian for penis. But turns out it, penne is just Italian for penne. <laughs> and I, and I, can't, I can't sleep because I keep thinking it's that line. Honestly, this movie is really funny. It has some really good lines. And... Okay, when I was looking up IMDb reviews for this movie, everyone was, like, going off on it because it was like, oh, there are too many dick jokes. It's not it's not good humor. Like, first of all, okay, there are some dick jokes, but they're, like, honestly, they're pretty funny. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, there's this one part where Chaz, he keeps getting jealous of Jack because uh, Chaz's girlfriend, Amanda, used to date Jack. And she, Amanda kind of still seems interested in Jack, and she's not really paying much attention to Chaz. Uh, so Chaz is just, like, the whole movie talking about how big his his dick is. <laughs> I think I think he's talking to Rebecca at one point, or one of the other uh, guests at the table, and they're like, okay, so how big is your dick? Is it, like, the spoon size or this fork? And he's like, both stuck together. <laughs> and I don't know. It's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I don't, I mean, I think that was one of the biggest criticisms of why people didn't like this movie, because it was very kind of, uh, I don't want to say the wrong name. Seth Rogen is the guy that I'm thinking of. Yes, Amy, I'm going to check with you every time I mention a single actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Seth Rogen is uh, pretty on brand. It's got that kind of, you know, dick joke uh, humor that you might find in a Seth Rogen movie. I don't know, maybe it's just some kind of uh, disconnect between North American humor and British humor. But I feel like since you and I watch a lot of, like, we watch Love Island, we, we watch, like, a decent amount of British 
stuff, I feel like maybe that could be a reason why uh, we don't really mind that kind of humor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, uh, I don't know about you, but I watched the, you know, the original Office that was a... I feel like we become kind of a little immune to this kind of stuff. Um, and also, it was really, I mean, it was really funny. Yeah, dude, it was honestly, it was good. There, there are some really good lines. And, you know, another Rebecca line is when Chaz and Amanda first arrive at the venue and, um... Rebecca's talking to them, and she's like, oh, Chaz, uh, you mentioned you dated some dickhead named Chaz or something. And Chaz is like, what? Excuse me? And he's, like, not very smart. So he's like, you dated a different Chaz? You dated two Chazes in a row? <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, the, the humor in this is so good, man. I mean, I... The reason why I turned this on in the first place was because of the description, that it said that it was uh, Groundhog Day-esque, um, which it didn't really end up being. So I was a little disappointed in the uh, amount of Groundhog Day stuff in here, but I was surprisingly happy with, I did not expect it to be so funny. Yeah, like, all of the characters in this movie were... Like, by the end of the movie, we knew them so well. It was like an ensemble. I love big ensemble wedding movies like this. Oh, my God, especially if they're funny, because, I don't know, everyone just plays off of each other really well. And, and you know, another uh, criticism that people had about this movie is that everyone was really awkward in it. But I feel like they were the perfect amount of awkward. You know, they weren't overacting but they were really selling it. It was intentionally awkward, you know, because these people don't really know each other that much. I really liked the first time that Jack and Dina are kind of, you know, main couple-ish in this movie, uh, meet again years after originally meeting in Rome. It's a little bit awkward at their first meeting. It's not like, you know, this, this kind of fantasy that most rom-com movies put on of like this perfect meeting again they're like a little bit awkward and I like the realism that gives yeah it made it feel like I don't know it, it did make it feel so much more real I really I love it and <laughs> you know it made it funnier too it made for some really funny moments <laughs> yes it and, you know, speaking of funny the last character that we are introduced to that's a part of this British <laughs> squad that we got is Sydney, who you love him or you hate him, uh, mostly you hate him. He is uh, this kind of not really old man, but like a little older than the rest of them. Um, and he's the one wearing a kilt for no reason. And he tells everyone that he comes across, hey, do you like my kilt? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, I'm not Scottish. And they're like, why are you wearing a kilt? And he just, you know, a lot of awkward moments there where he just doesn't. It's he's just he's the most awkward person but for some reason, it just makes it so funny <laughs> when he interacts with anyone. He's also, like, someone that you kind of hate at the beginning because he's just so boring. He's, like, telling stories about work that, like, literally no one wants to hear. He's just, like, the most boring, most awkward, just weirdest dude. But then by the end of the movie, I don't know about you, but he was, like, kind of growing on me. I didn't hate him. I was just, like, okay with him. Yeah, I, I didn't like him as a character, but he just introduced so many 
funny lines and funny situations with other characters. Uh, uh, So well done. Which the wedding so far is going pretty damn well. You know, uh, the ceremony happens, the, the lucky couple get married, and it's going well until the bride's crazy, coked up ex, Mark, crashes the wedding because he wants to get back together with her, even though she is now married. (laughs) And the groom, not knowing anything's wrong or that he's her ex or that he's on coke, even though you can kind of tell by the look of him, uh, invites him to stay at the wedding and puts him on that same English table we were talking about. Yeah, and you know, (laughs) the way that the sister wants to solve this problem is by asking Jack, her brother, to, um, because she's been talking, you know, for the beginning of the movie, how she can't sleep because she's so stressed out about the wedding. So she's been taking these sleeping pills or like drops or something like that. So she's like, Jack, my brother, I trust you with this task. I need you to go and drug this man's drink so he'll fall asleep and not ruin my wedding. And Jack's like, um... Like, okay, I guess. Yeah, he just fully agrees. And he. this is where the, the big kind of Groundhog Day moment comes in, is he takes these sleeping drops and he puts them, I mean, I mean, this is kind of on him for having a, for executing this plan badly. But he takes these sleeping drops and he puts them in the glass that Mark, the ex, is going to be drinking out of because of you know the name tag that's next to the glass and he just puts it in the in the empty glass (laughs) but these kind of troublemaker kids come by and start switching the names on all the the tables after so the names get switched around and someone else's name gets put in the spot where the drugged glass now is and that's kind of where the groundhog day thing comes into place is the the movie plays around with you know uh what are the odds of a certain person's name getting this new name tag and i thought originally we were going to see all those different scenarios of jack getting his uh getting drugged or the girl he likes getting drugged or i don't know the man of honor getting drugged but we really only see two situations and then just sort of like a little bit of a, a, a flash in the end credits of, you know, what could have been. Yeah, and there's this whole, like, um, narration, this narrator that when I was watching on Netflix with the subtitles on, they called her the Oracle. And, you know, it's just talking about fate and the chances of any of this happening. And they kind of, here's the thing, though, right? Because they kind of blame Jack's sloppy <laughs> way of drugging this guy on the kids mixing up the uh, the glasses at the table. So we don't know uh, who's got what now. But, like, if I was a waiter, okay, after he drugs the, uh, the glass, the Jack just fucking leaves. If I was a waiter at this wedding and I saw, like, hmm, there's, like, some mysterious black liquid in <laughs> In one of the glasses um, that none of the other glasses at this table or at any of the tables have, I'd throw that shit away myself. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, you know, just uh, in general, 
bad plan on his part to just, you know, put this sleeping drops in an empty glass and walk away and hope everything's going to turn out right. This is not a how-to <laughs> section uh, of this podcast. Please don't drug anyone. But in Jack's case, he should have, like, stuck around to make sure that this was going to go nicely. He should have handed Mark the drink himself and been like, hey, cheers, mate, and watched him drink it, you know, a full glass so that it, it is not so suspicious with the liquid that's in it. Yeah, like, this dude needs to watch some some fucking James Bond movies, because <laughs> this is what should have happened. They, he should have just, like, waited until they were all at dinner and cheersing and whatever, and then maybe he could, like, switch around the things, the nameplates, himself so he's he uh, has to sit next to the the cokehead x and then you know things happen during dinner he accidentally spills over the guy's glass he's like oh don't worry mate i'll get you a new one because like otherwise i don't think the guy's gonna accept a glass from him because he knows that he hates him because that guy used to date his anyway so <laughs> he's he gotta be like oh i'll get you one it's my fault and then just like do it like this dude, I mean, don't leave your glasses unattended at events, but also don't leave your drugs in those glasses unattended at events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. He doesn't get a do-over for this. He poured the whole last thing in there. So obviously, this plan goes awry because there's these little troublemaker kids that switch around the name tags, and now everyone's sitting in the wrong spot. So instead of Mark, the crazy coked up ex, getting the sleep drug drink it is brian the man of honor who you know there's this whole thing he's supposed to be giving this great speech for the the new lovely couple but he's now too tired to do anything he keeps falling asleep at the table yeah and he also wants to talk to that famous filmmaker that he admires because he's like an aspiring actor and he wants uh, a part in the guy's new film, but he just, like, fucking goes over and falls asleep in the chair next to him. He goes over and he's like, hey, man, big fan, can I talk to you? And the Italian filmmaker's like, uh, buongiorno, uh, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brian's like, sick, man, he sits down and falls asleep on the guy. <laughs> and the dude's like, hmm, not gonna hire you now. Yeah, not only does he just, like, fall asleep in the chair next to him, there's, like, a lady sitting in that chair, and he just, like, makes her scoot over to, like, half of the chair, and he, like, sits down and falls asleep, like, dead-ass right on her. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, of course, you know, everything else is super awkward at the table because everyone's sitting in the wrong spots. The people that want to sit together are not sitting together and vice versa. So... Because everything is kind of chaotic now, Mark, who was supposed to be drugged right now, he sneaks away to, to coke up again to try to break Haley the bride up from her new husband. But thankfully, Jack comes in and corners him and stops him from doing anything stupid until Mark spills the beans on why he's really here. He thinks that he should be with Haley, that they're like destined to, keep, to be together because they uh, shagged like last week <laughs> oof the bomb has been dropped they shags baby <laughs> oh he pulled her for a chat 
they they shagged, they slept together, um, and he thinks that that was like a sign that that Haley doesn't want her her now husband and actually wants him. But then Jack's like, okay, I gotta figure this out. So he locks a uh, cokehead dude Mark in like a fucking closet or something, um, and he goes to find Haley and he's like, Haley. Is that true? Did you shag? And she's like, yeah, it's true, but don't tell my husband. Um, and Jack's like, I mean, I locked a guy in a closet. I drugged some other guy who I didn't mean to. I guess I can keep this secret for you. Yeah, it's true. He's uh, keeping a lot of secrets in this movie. And, and, you know, everything keeps going wrong from there. Brian, who was supposed to give his Man of Honor speech literally like falling asleep while doing his speech he, he, he does not say anything and then things really start to go wrong when dina who's the girl that our main boy jack uh is crushing on she has to leave early for a work emergency where you know this was supposed to be their big reunion but now they're they're not going to see each other and he's going to let her go again and even worse she leaves with another guy she leaves with that film dude from earlier and then you know mark goes up on stage and just straight up tells everyone that he and Haley shagged. So obviously her husband goes berserk and breaks up with her right then. And she like runs out dramatically from the room and Haley's running after him. She's like, please, please, you have to forgive me. He's like, no, I can't forgive you. And then he falls off a bridge and dies. <laughs> and it's like a little jarring. Oh my God. He just like fucking dies in the middle of the thing. I thought though that all of these scenarios except one, the final one, would end with someone dying. But since they only showed us two, that didn't happen. But yeah, then the oracle comes back. We go back to that scene of, like, the little kids switching around the, the name tags at the table and the oracle says some, like, wise-ass shit, like, but what if we did it again? <laughs> and, then, and then we do it again. Very, very wise words. Uh, it's going to be engraved on my epitaph <laughs> later in life. What if we did it again? After you fall off a bridge at your wedding for no reason. <laughs> yeah. So here's where I thought it was going to be more like that episode in Community. This is no spoilers if you haven't seen Community. But th th there's this one episode where they're all just having a pizza party and they roll a dice to figure who's going to go pick up the pizza. And according to whichever number that rolled on, they show the different scenarios of how that day would have played out. And c Community is what? It's a comedy show. It's like 20 minutes or something. And they showed every scenario kind of in depth in that episode. So I was expecting, okay, we're going to go through it and we're going to see how this is going to play out. But they only show, you know, one other situation. Yeah, I kind of wish that they spent more time showing us what could have happened in the other six or whatever scenarios um, of other people at the table getting the the glass with the drug in it. But it was all right after realizing, you know, this isn't going to be exactly like a Groundhog Day movie. This is kind of doing its own thing. So I guess you've got to really... Um, not limit your your scope of what you think a, a Groundhog Day movie is going into it. But yeah, there's only one more scenario as, other than the 
very few snippets that we see. And this is like the final, the best version somehow of how things uh, are going to go. And this time, it's Jack who accidentally drugs himself and puts the kids put his name tag in front of that cup. Yeah, um, and here's where we get a little bit more of that humor that we were talking about at the beginning of the movie. So Jack gets drugged, right? And immediately he starts to feel it, and he's he know he knows exactly what's going on. So he runs to the bathroom to try to vomit it out so he doesn't fall asleep at his sister's wedding. And Brian, the man of honor, comes into the bathroom. To, to figure out what's going on, and he ends up uh, trying to help him. Jack is, like, trying to throw up, and Brian's like, uh, what are you doing, man? He's like, I accidentally took this sleep drug. I, I have to vomit it out. And he's like, you gotta help me, man. You, you gotta help me. So <laughs> we have this, this fresco, this beautiful motif of a scene. Picture this, right? We got Brian's standing up and he's got his he's got his fingers in Jack's mouth at about pelvis level. Jack is kneeling with his two fingers in his mouth. And then Dina, who's the girl that Jack likes, comes in because obviously the two of them ran off in a rush and she wants to know what's going on. She walks in on them and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, and what's even weirder, she doesn't say anything. She's like, oops, sorry to interrupt you guys in the middle of your... <laughs> and she just fucking leaves without saying anything. Of course, of course, Jack, too, is making all these, <laughs> like, moaning and gagging noises. Oh, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect scene. <laughs> Should have been nominated for an Oscar person. <laughs> they should have a new Oscar category, uh, best scene, and this would have won. So, uh, he, either way, he doesn't end up actually being able to throw it up. So he gets super tired and ends up falling asleep at this wedding. But because of that, Brian, the man of honor, is awake and is able to give a great speech. He's able to make a, a good impression on that film guy. He's even able to get together with uh, Rebecca, the really funny girl from the wedding, who they've kind of had a little bit of a, a crush flirtation thing going on. Jack is also now uh, not able to lock Mark in that closet from before, so he gives him kind of this, like, sleepy but very blunt speech that somehow convinces Mark not to tell that they slept together. And everything ends up going really well. Mark doesn't tell anyone. He actually gives, like, a really nice speech where he, like, hopes the happy couple will. And this time, when Dina has to leave, Jack chases after her. Because that's his thing. He's like, oh, I wish I had chased after her that one night in Rome. So this time he does. And the movie ends kind of very similarly to how it started with Jack and Dina on the streets of Rome. He's about to, to kiss her, to profess his love to her, when, again, similar to the beginning, this random dude that knows them from somewhere comes up and tries to cock block him again. Uh, but this time, he tells them off, and they finally kiss. And that's the ending of this movie, is everyone gets together, everyone gets a happy ending. Yeah, and then in the end credits, we see some more tiny snippets 
of what might have happened in the other six scenarios that they didn't really show us. Yeah, that's it. That's Groundhog Day. And and um, Sydney, the super boring guy, he learns not to talk about these people who he always tells story about stories about uh, from his work because they actually hate him. <laughs> Um, and Brian, who wanted to be in the Italian filmmaker's new movie, actually gets a part in the movie. Um, so yeah, everyone gets uh, something good for themselves. Yeah, and, and that's the end of the movie. Overall, I feel like, I mean, if you're gonna put it in the description of the movie, it, it didn't live up to that Groundhog Day expectation that, that we had. I liked what you were saying in the middle. I didn't get a, a chance to comment, but like... When you were saying after the guy fell off the bridge and died, if we had showed every other version of what happened and everyone else just ended up dying in all those other versions, I mean, Mark, you know, gets too coked up and ends up having, oh, that one's kind of dark, <laughs> but they got to they gotta die in interesting <laughs> ways, you know? <laughs> no, but, but here's the thing, because like in movies like that, where you can save one person, there's usually like a scale that has to be balanced where you can save the the husband from falling off the bridge, but then yeah, maybe Mark you know overdoses, something like that. There's gotta be that still that life balance where someone dies, but if it's not that person in the next scenario, it's gotta be someone else. I also, oh my God, this is a little bit off topic, but I found this book that I'm so excited to read. I ordered it. It's here. I just don't read ever, so it's going to take me oh. a while to like get into it. But um, have you heard of this book called The The Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle or something? <gasps> the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo? Oh, I want to read no. that so badly. <laughs> no, not that one. Oh, never mind. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> the same. <laughs> yeah, a similar title. This is a different one. Like, it's it's kind of like uh, there's this old castle somewhere and there's this, it's kind of like an old-fashioned murder mystery thing where someone dies at a big party at a castle. And then one of the guests, uh, the next morning he wakes up in, let's say there's six other suspects slash guests at the castle. He wakes up every day for the next six days in one of their bodies. So he lives out <laughs> their life and he gets to see, like, what they do during that day, and he has to figure out who killed her. I'm not explaining it well, but it sounds so good. And I thought that this movie could have explored, like, oh, my God, if if the husband didn't die, then something had to happen somewhere else where someone else had, had to die. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Um. Okay, that book sounds amazing, and I think you need to tell both me and the audience what its title is. I think it's called The Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Unless you're in America, it might be called The Seven and a Half Deaths for some reason. <laughs> hey, hey, America, why do you always change the name of books? It's like the Philosopher's Stone to the Sorcerer's Stone. What? Why? I know, it doesn't make any sense. But uh, we're in Canada. I think we have both versions here, so take your pick. Hey, yes, today we watched Love Wedding Repeats. Unless you're in America where it's called Adore Together Again. <laughs> Adore Together Again. That's what we're going to call our wedding movie, where they keep taking off their wigs and stuff. Oh, that's so good. Oh, coming to you next fall. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire 2, you didn't know you needed, but you sure do want now. <laughs>
Mrs. Doubtfire to Electric Boogaloo, baby. So, I mean, overall, this, I mean, we've talked about kind of the things that we're disappointed about in this movie, but as we said, this is our toasting season, man. So we're going to try to say some good things about this movie, which overall, I didn't dislike this movie. It was a funny, good movie. The, the characters and romances were compelling, but I think what I liked the most about it was it had a really nice message, I think, about, like, grabbing the chances that life throws at you and putting your, yourself first sometimes and going after what you want. And I really like that message. Me too. But I don't know. There's some part of me that wishes at the end that uh, Jack and Dina didn't get together because hear me out, right? The whole the whole message is like everything can't be perfect. Uh, there are a lot of things that are going to go wrong in your life. But ultimately, if you want something, you're going to get it. But, like, I feel like they could have showed not everything can be perfect, even though they're the best version of how things are going to be. Like, even if Jack and Dina didn't end up together, his sister still had a good wedding. Brian still, you know, got uh, a film role and he's going out with Rebecca now. The Scottish guy, not Scottish, the kilt-wearing guy, learned to be less boring. You know, everything happened great for the other characters but it felt a little too a little too much that they turned out really well for for jack and dina too because it's a nice ending to a movie but dina is american uh jack lives in britain dina is like constantly traveling for work i feel like after the movie things might not work out for them and i would rather see them not work out for them in the movie than have to imagine it for them (laughs) out of the movie if that makes sense. Yeah, okay, this is true. I'm not going to spoil anything for you and for the audience. If you want a movie that both... Here's a little a little uh, Ashley's recommendation corner for you. If you want a movie that both does the Groundhog Day thing a lot better, shows a lot more different versions, and has some of that kind of realism in the relationships that you were talking about, When We First Met, which is another Netflix movie is a really good option. It's starring, uh, you know, Alexandra Daddario, Adam Devine, Shelley Henning, Robbie Amell is in it. Really good option that I think does a lot of the, the things that this movie was trying to do just a little better. Okay, I'm going to check that one out. Hopefully Netflix does not disappoint. We get some, is there like some uh, some more Groundhog Day stuff in that one? Oh, yeah. They, I mean, this movie showed only two options for the whole Groundhog Day thing. I think when we first met showed uh, maybe five different versions or so. That's pretty good. That's what I was hoping out of this one, because there are like, I don't know, six, eight people sitting at the table. Um, but yeah, that sounds good. Oh yeah, just a little rag- I mean, we do that sometimes, because a lot of these, like, it, it's called Bad Movie Sunday, because, <laughs> because they're not really rated very well. So if you want a movie that's similar to what this movie was kind of trying to do. You're not really into the, the you know, the dick jokes, which we were very into. Um, or if you want a more out of Groundhog Day, it's a good recommendation. But this movie was, as we said, it was pretty good. The, the fucking Italian castle, like, oh my God, the scenery was amazing. They had some uh, classical music that fit the, uh, the scenes pretty well. The only other complaint I have about... Um, I guess the plot of this movie is that 
in Groundhog Day, Bill Murray <laughs> remembers all of his previous attempts, and that's why he he can learn how to play piano and whatever. But in this one, Jack doesn't remember anything from the past uh, attempts at the wedding, and I feel like it would have been maybe good if he did remember, because I don't know why. <laughs> but but I I love um, seeing characters learn in that way, like. Like when when they can like walk down a street and know everyone's names and like what's going on in their life because they've lived this day so many times. Like I love that stuff. But again, you know, this is not trying to be Groundhog Day. It's trying to be something completely different. So that's just like a personal uh, opinion. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the problem was it was pitched as Groundhog Day, which it really wasn't it was more of like what if things were different so he doesn't experience any any sort of time travel any sort of time displacements like that episode of community it's like a different sort of dimension sort of thing like if this happened differently this is how it would turn out because you're right he makes i mean even in the second perfect version he makes the same kind of mistakes we have to re-find out things that he already knew in the first version it just would have been a lot more streamlined if he knew about everything. Um, so, you know, I think generally the the plot could have used a little more work, but I totally agree with you about what you meant before. We haven't talked about it a ton, but the setting was stunning. It takes place all in Italy, in this, like, Roman villa castle place. Any sort of frame that you pause it on has this beautifully intricate background. So visually gorgeous to look at the set dressing was immaculate yeah it was good and and ashley let me just remind you that castles are on sale for a dollar um anytime you want to <laughs> post up in italy <laughs> oh yeah amy amy keeps sending me these like facebook links <laughs> to castles that are a dollar and all you have to do is uh move to italy and upkeep it <laughs> talking about it for a while um they're probably scams but i almost don't care okay but here's the thing even if they are scams it's like a dollar and and all you have to do is renovate it in the next five years but like to renovate um a castle maybe let's say it's like uh, fifty thousand dollars compared to like the two million dollar apartments you can get in toronto <laughs> that are like mine which are like Asshole neighbor up top, asshole neighbor down low. I could have like a castle instead. We could live in a fucking castle, dude. Oh, dude, wait a second. You're ringing my bell now. You're right. We wouldn't have people for 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 kilometers around us. It would be just us and in a beautiful Italian <laughs> mountain in a a castle and no neighbors. That would be sick. Maybe we'll have some like rich ass neighbors, and then we'll like come to their <laughs> come to their uh, evening parties, and they're like, "Oh, you can invite like twenty of your friends. There's room." And we're like, "Yeah, we have twenty friends. Okay, let's just invite them all." And then we like show up with a suitcase full of wigs, <laughs> and it's so much fun. And then and then and then uh, you know, I'm wearing my Jessica wig, and I meet a man's. And and then I got to go to the bathroom and be like Audrey for a second. Then I come back and I try to get my mans again. But then he's like, mm, you're Audrey. Where's Jessica? I'm like, oh, my God. And then, you know, all kind of shenanigans. 
Oh yeah, 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 dude. Also, it's a it's a fucking castle. We can invite. I mean, we don't literally know anybody, but we can invite the one person that we mutually know and have them invite a whole bunch of people to our castle in the middle of Italy. Wait a minute. If we held right one of those one of those how you say uh, parties. Never been to one, but I hear they're quite fun. <laughs> we invite like the two people that we know to this Italian castle. And we all got a sweet, keep switching outfits uh, to make it look like there's more people here. But also, it's a murder mystery party. Wait a damn minute. Wait a da- But we don't tell anyone it's a murder mystery party. So we're like, oh, yeah, hey, um, we met this Italian guy while we were, you know, just moving into our Italian castle. And then we invite this dude and he's going to play the dead body. But nobody knows he's an actor. Um, in fact, he's Brian from this movie. And, and this is the film role he's always wanted, except it's not on film. He's just playing a dead body. So <laughs> in our castle. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, hang on. I just came up with the uh, possibly the best idea ever. So, are you sitting down? Yeah, I'm sitting down. I'm ready for it. Roll out the red carpet, people. Bang on those drums. Here it comes. The best idea we've ever had on Bad Movie Sunday. This movie's about a wedding, right? Uh, weddings, I feel like you love them, you hate them. You, they're either, like, super fun or super boring to people. So, if one of us ever gets <laughs> gets married in the future, which... It's kind of doubtful, considering how uh, atrocious and single we are. <laughs> we uh, have this luxury wedding, like this movie, right? In, in, a, in our beautiful Italian castle that we've just bought on fucking Craigslist. And we invite a whole bunch of people over, people we don't know, just picking up people off the street. We could have the same thing going on with people switching costumes in the powder room to make it look like there's more people. But also... It's a murder mystery wedding. <gasps> okay, but here's where the real twist comes in. Someone actually dies. <laughs> Wait a second. Ooh, this is good. This is like method acting, um, uh, weddings, ensembles. Oh, this is so good. I, I, I love it. But who, who's gonna die? It's gotta be someone like. It's gotta be the groom, right? It's gotta be someone like important. Oh, yeah. No, we gotta have that shock faster. Sort of like it starts off like a normal wedding. We're inviting all, we're, we're greeting all of our guests at the door. We're like, oh, thank you for coming. I literally have never met you in my life. And they come to the door and they sit down. We have the beautiful ceremony, uh, either right before we get married or right after we get married. You hear a scream far off in the distance at a, in the, in the east wing. Everyone looks up. And then we, we all go by candlelight to investigate. Someone's been murdered. Either it's the groom. It's the, it's the, we can invite someone really old and just kind of wait around until it happens. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, like our butler. Oh, my God. And then, and then uh, we haven't renovated our Italian castle yet because our plan was to pay them one dollar and then dip after four years so we don't have to reach that five-year mark where we have to actually renovate the castle. So nothing works in the castle. The lights don't work. That's why we're going by candlelight. The uh, fucking phones don't work. They're not connected. So we got to figure this shit out on our own. Also, there's no Wi-Fi. It's in the middle of nowhere. So we just got a whodunit this. Oh, absolutely. This will make a good movie. 
Now, I do have some sad news, but not entirely sad. Um, there is a show called Who Done It Please don't break my heart like this. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's it's a show. I think it's a British show, or maybe it's America. I don't know. But uh, it's like a reality show. I haven't seen it, but to my understanding, they bring in like a group of people and they have to investigate and figure out who a murderer is in like a big house or something. But the good news is, it's not on a wedding. So TMTM, wedding murder mystery. Yeah, TMTM on the wedding murder mystery. That is ours. Also, ours is going to be real. <laughs> We're going to have some real deaths, some real investigators. Um, also, you know, got to throw a wild card out there that now you're even more suspicious of the people that have been changing outfits all day because you don't know who they really are. Wait a second. We just hire like a bunch of actors who could do like different impressions and then you start to realize, oh my God, the guy in the purple wig, he has the same face as the guy in the blue wig, except they have different hair. And then you just start to spiral, right? What well, our intention for this murder mystery party is to just absolutely annihilate all of our guests' uh, minds from the inside out. Absolutely. Also, I love this, uh, this fantasy-esque thing we've got going with all these very colorful wigs. <laughs> yeah, everyone has like a fucking pink-ass wig. It's like lazy town up in here. No one has normal hair colors. Yeah, no, in order to get it to be a real murder mystery, you gotta have people that are very distinctive. So if someone comes, if fucking Camilla comes through the door with brown hair, and then her sister comes, her sister Elena comes through the door after her with brown hair, you're like, mm, stop right there. We got our butler out with a can of fucking spray paint to get uh, all our guests looking different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except... We have two that are twins. We gotta have some twins <gasps> in there, too. Maybe triplets. Oh, you gotta have some twins. Oh, my. <gasps> they were twins, and then you find out they were triplets all along. What if the whole time everyone thought, oh, my God, it's the same fucking dude just putting on all these wigs all night. Like, I can't. And then as, they're, as they start to, like, you know, uh, uh, talk about the timeline of events, you know, one of our guests is like, yeah, I was in the kitchen with the purple hair dude at like one o'clock. And then someone's like, that can't be because I was in the kitchen with the blue hair dude who we think is the same guy as the purple hair dude. Also at one o'clock, uh, we were in different rooms, same dude. But then it turns out it's not one person putting on all these wigs. It's eight people because they're all chocolates. Oh. oh, that is so very good. Can we add another layer? <laughs> we're just gonna, we're just gonna keep adding. A, dude, TMTM, no one steal our idea, please. This is one of the best we've come up with. <laughs> we gotta have the person that dies, right? Everyone by candlelight goes up to this creepy observatory at the top of our castle, and they look at this person. They're like, oh, someone has been killed, and everyone is uh, talking to each other, trying to figure out who it was, trying to gather clues, like uh, Sherlock Holmes up in here, and then. You see that person just roaming the halls and you're like, oh, is this a haunted castle? And the whole time you're thinking, oh, damn, this is a supernatural story. But then you find out they were twins all along. This is it's so good. It's so good. Girl, it's such a cop out. I've been watching a lot of uh, telenovelas recently and every single one uses the same <laughs> 
cop-out of, oh, this character died. But no, never mind, they're back and they have a twin. <laughs> they use twins in every story. <laughs> but have any of them been murder mysteries in Italy? No, I think we got dibs on that, my dear. <laughs> Uh, a murder, um, a murder, a murder, it. <laughs> oh, oh, I got the perfect name. I got the perfect name. Do it, Ready? do it. Murder, she wed. <gasps> oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my. Can I, can I tell you this idea that I had? That's probably never going to happen, so I don't mind sharing it. I had this idea for for a Dungeons and Dragons style podcast, but instead of doing like uh, going on, it's like a murder mystery type thing. I don't know how it's gonna work. Don't ask me. But but the name, right? The name? You're not even ready for it. Murder She Rolled. Uh, uh, oh, that's so good. Oh my God, Murder She. She damn rolled it. She damn rolled it. Oh, my God. She damn rolled it. We're going to have a, a whole lineup of these. We got Murder, She Rolled, Murder, She uh, Wed. Murder, the Murder, She Rolled people are going to come at us with those copyright claims, but we, uh, we'll we do fine. We're going to be in Italy. Different laws over there, baby. We got a castle for the lawyers, baby. Those Italian lawyers. Mm-mm. We got... <laughs> What are other murder some names we got? <laughs> we got murder me instead of suing me, baby, because we can't pay these Italian fines because we already got to upgrade <laughs> our castle. <laughs> we got to live in our castle for four years so we don't have to upgrade it. We're going to uh, get our Italian lawyer butlers that are a part of this castle, and then we're going to disappear into the night before we have to do anything with it. <laughs> First, we gotta we gotta go and hop on Duolingo, right? We gotta learn how to how to get all this lawyer speak. Um, unfortunately, there's no like lawyer module on on Duolingo. There's no like objection. <laughs> there's no like we're not guilty. <laughs> there's no like we said TMTM. <laughs> <laughs> there's no plea, Your Honor. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, right? Connecting it back. Oh, we love foreshadowing. You know, because we got all these things. We got our lawyers. We got uh, uh, this castle. And then, you know what's going to help us disappear into the night and never be seen again or never have to deal with any of the consequences of any of the things we did in Italy? Costume changes. Like we were talking about in a... We just put on one of those fancy wigs we was talking about when we were going to those fake parties, turn into a different person. Wait a second. This is... And then and then they find out we're twins. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. We've got shenanigans, costume changes. This is like something... This is like some Shakespearean comedy. This is like... This is like she's the man type uh, situations we got going on. For sure, man. TMTM, once again, so we don't get in trouble with our future Italian lawyers. Also, if we ever mess up... We just do the day over again. Oh, this is true. So now that we've, you know, <laughs> talked about, planned our whole Italian uh, shenanigan that we're we're gonna do once we get once we raise the money for that one dollar on the down payment for our castle. We told you our ideas, our thoughts on the movie. Now let's see what the internet has to think 
about the movie. So we've got some uh, some reviews from IMDb. We've got some from Letterboxd. What do you want to start off with? Let's start off with the Letterboxd ones. Okay, so we've got four Letterboxd reviews. <laughs> the first one is by Drunk on Sunlight, who gave it two and a half stars out of five. And they say... I took half a star off for Sam Claflin's haircut because I'm still upset about it. (laughs) Very accurate. (laughs) The second review is by Ethan, who gave it two stars out of five. Wish I could do this day again so I could choose not to watch this film. Ooh, harsh. (laughs) Ooh. The uh, third review is by Jules, who also gave it two stars. The fact that I couldn't even remember the name of this movie to log it should tell you enough. And the, uh, the final review we have for today is by Jackie, who also gave it two stars. They just skipped over all the alternate versions of the day. Like, that wasn't exactly the reason I was here for. Yeah, dude, you gotta pick a movie right. If you're gonna say it's gonna be Groundhog Day, you gotta give us Groundhog Day. What are the people of IMDb saying? So we've got four IMDb reviews here for you. The first one gave it a 7 out of 10. It's by user JuluLG. And their tagline is, Very funny and light entertainment. Not sure what's with all the bad reviews here. Either people are used to Hollywood comedy style or never watched a European film. Hence, they can't get the humor here. The movie was funny and entertaining. It's an easy watch and the location was beautifully filmed. The acting was good and I love the cast in general. If you're looking for a movie to giggle, (laughs) then it's a good choice. The second review is by user Icecom, who gave it a 4 out of 10. And their tagline is, should have been so much better. What should have been a charming romantic comedy turned out to be a seriously irritating film. I understand that things need to go wrong and that was the premise, but honestly, it was the same type of irritation I got from watching Dinner for Schmucks. Wonderful actors, just too annoying for me to enjoy, sadly. The next review is by user Carly Apple Roberts, who gave it a 1 out of 10, and their tagline is just, wow. Feel bad for the actors in this film. They signed on for the next big Netflix rom-com, and this just ain't it, sis. <laughs> you can see it in Sam and Olivia's eyes. They're crying <laughs> out for the whole thing to be over. Director really did a number on them. Bless. <laughs> I love the little bless at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah, they gotta, they gotta make sure the, the actors get their due diligence. Um, And the last review is by user PB, who gave it a 6 out of 10. Their tagline is, Less than the sum of its parts. The performances are good, the storyline is clever, and I don't regret watching it. But there was just something missing. I think the problem is the film can't decide if it's an awkward comedy or a sweet rom-com. It tries too much to be both. It doesn't quite manage to be either. It's still enjoyable, if just a little unsatisfying. Watch if you have a few hours to kill aren't necessarily giving it your full attention, but want something less twee than Hallmark. So now that we've heard what the internet has to say about love wedding repeat let's get into our own reviews and just for reference imdb gave this movie a 5.5 out of 10 and the critics for rotten tomatoes gave it 31 percent and the audience for rotten tomatoes gave it 36 percent not great all around um ashley what do you think I don't think it should be that low. I I mean, overall, like we said, I think a lot of it was in how the movie was pitched. It was pitched to be a Groundhog Day movie, which it really wasn't. It was a movie about love and fate. I don't know. Like, it was a really funny, really sweet movie. I loved the humor. I loved the dialogue. But it was not Groundhog Day. 
somehow, though, I liked it. I mean, there's a reason I, I pitched this movie so we can watch on our toasting season. I'm going to give it, like, a solid seven, I think. What about you? Ooh, that's sweet. Okay. So you watched this movie twice. I only watched it uh, for the podcast. And I kind of came into the movie thinking it was going to be Groundhog Day. Because, like you said, they pretty much advertised it like it was going to be close to to Groundhog Day. And then when it turned out not to be, I kind of didn't know how I felt about it. But now that we've done an episode already about this movie and we've just done our second, I've had some time to reflect. And it was a good movie. Like, the acting was good. It was really funny. The Italian Castleman, oh my god, so good. And yeah, it did have a, a really cute message at the end. I'm going to give it like a 5, maybe a 5.5, which is the same as IMDb. But <laughs> it's a short movie. <laughs> sure. If you uh, if you like that kind of movie, I'd suggest uh, watching it. It's not bad. Yeah, true. That's fair. And if anyone out there has seen this movie and they have thoughts about it, if you want to, you know, get in on this big Italian castle for a dollar thing, uh, you can always email us at badmoviesundaypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can contact us over Twitter or Letterboxd. We're at BMS Podcast. If you have any uh, other bad movies you want to recommend to us. I'm Ashley. I'm Amy. This has been Bad Movie Sunday, and we'll see you next, next week.